Welcome to the Homesteaders of America podcast, where we bring homesteading to life through interviews, current events, tips and tricks, and more. Whether you're homesteading on 500 acres or in an apartment in a big city, this podcast is for you. Join us as we learn and share about vintage skills, simple living, growing food, and sustainability in a modern world. This week, we are talking about how you can close out your homestead in 2020, some tips and tricks and things maybe you haven't thought about. And if you haven't yet subscribed, please do so as we start ramping up some more podcasts heading into the new year. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for being a pioneer and a trailblazer in this homesteading community and get ready for this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome to episode two, I think, of the Homesteaders of America podcast. So we had all good intentions of starting this podcast and keeping up with it in 2020, but you know how intentions go, right? And 2020 has been a train wreck. Let's just all agree on that. Before I get too far into this, I'm your host, Amy Fuel, and I am the founder of the Homesteaders of America organization and annual conference. As you may know, we didn't get to have conference in person this year due to all of the restrictions, so we did take it virtually online. You can check that out as much as you'd like or as little as you'd like. If you'd like to see the recordings of the of the virtual event, you can sign up to be a VIP member, and you can see everything that went on during the virtual event and all of the videos from past conferences that we have had. So I won't waste your time talking about that as I could talk about it all day, but I will leave that information in the show notes of this episode. This week, I wanted to let you know we are going to start ramping up some more episodes in going into 2021. So if you have any recommendations, please, you know, find us online, give us some podcast recommendations on topics you'd like to hear us talk about. Um, The reason I didn't do like a, hey, I'm your host, Amy Fuel, in the very first part of this was because sometimes we might have some different hosts with us every week, which I'm really excited about. And maybe not every week. I said that kind of, again, with good intention, but as we go into 2021, I'm going to lean on some other homesteaders that'll probably be doing some interviews with us, even if I'm not on the podcast itself. So this week, now that I've gone through that whole spiel, this week, I want to talk to you about something that I'm doing right now and some things you maybe didn't think about, um, whether you're already homesteading or this is your first year homesteading or you're thinking about dabbling into it. There are some things that you might want to think about while closing out your garden beds and your livestock and your homestead in general in 2020. And so I have a quick list I want to go down and things that are just kind of no brainers and then things that maybe you didn't quite think about. Here is what I'm focusing on over these next few weeks. Um, I'm here in Virginia and so our weather is not super duper cold yet, but it's also not very warm either. So um, the first thing that we've really been concentrating on is the garden. How are we kind of closing out the garden and preparing the garden for next year? And I know that kind of sounds like contradictory, but it's really important to do that as you're closing out your homestead this year. Um, one of the things is we kind of clean out all the garden beds and all the garden space, and we either put down a nice thick layer of wood chips or mulch or straw, and that's going to break down. If you do it now, that breaks down and is ready for you in the springtime, and it creates really good, um, you know, fertilizer essentially is what it is for your garden beds. But if you're not going to do that, 
it's still best to cover your garden beds. So you can use tarps, um, you can use silage tarps or just the generic black thick tarp. Um, and this also combats all the weeds that you might come into contact with in the spring. It kills them out over the next few months while it's covered. And then you don't have as many weeds to combat next spring and summer as you're, play, you know, you're planting out your garden and you're harvesting things like that. Quite the same is if you have potential garden space that you know right now you're going to dig up or put a no-dig garden on next year, you've got to tarp that right now. It's going to save you so much time, so much money, so much energy. Tarping whatever space that you know you're going to have a garden in or that you already have a garden in really does help you in the long run. So work smarter, not harder in that this year. The next thing I want to talk about is very similar, and it's preparing your livestock for closing out kind of your livestock areas this year. Mm -hmm. So a lot of us are coming off of the pasture poultry, pastured pigs. We're not really doing that now. Or if we are, we are overwintering our egg layers and our pigs and our livestock and if you're really truly into a deep litter method, which is essentially where um, you're packing wood chips or straw and you're kind of letting your livestock run around on it and then packing it in layers every few days, you're adding on more of that carbon, whatever carbon you are using, normally it's wood chips um, or even organic matter like leaves from your yard. You can add that in there too. So this essentially builds up its own little community of microbiomes and bacteria and good stuff in there and it creates warmth. And so we like to do this inside of our chicken coop with straw um, and we just add a layer of straw on every few days, stir it up every day. It doesn't get stinky. It doesn't get nasty unless you have waterfowl. It could get a little bit tricky then. Um, but it creates warmth in the coop and it also creates um, bugs in the in the coop floor so that they can scratch around and get those bugs. You can do this in your chicken run as well. Uh, if you have a permanent chicken run, you can actually fill that chicken run up every few days with some wood chips or straw or leaves or just organic material. And what I like to do is I keep that moving, keep it going kind of like a compost pile. It creates heat that your chickens can kind of lay on. If it snows and you don't have a covered run, um, your chickens can get that heat from underneath of them. And it also melts that snow a lot quicker in the wintertime. And then um, it also creates this habitat for bugs and plants. So I like to use whole grain um, chicken feed. And if I'm throwing that scratch grain or that whole grain into the chicken run, they'll actually sprout even in the wintertime. You'll have little sprouts on those warm days. And so that gives an extra nutrition and food to your chickens as well. You can mimic this with pigs and cattle too, depending on how many you have. Obviously, if you have a whole herd of cattle, that's not working. But if you're overwintering just a few cows um, in, a, in a barn setup, you could do that. And pigs as well. Joel Salatin does this with his pigs. Um, Jason Contreras from Civil Land actually raised his pigs this way. Uh, this past summer. And so those are a few people you can check out to kind of see it visually. Sometimes you need to see it visually versus me just talking about it. Um, so those are some setups to consider this year while you're going into uh, November and December and closing out your livestock for the year to really get set up for going into winter time. 
The next thing that you need to think about is wintertime. If you are in an area with sleet and ice and snow or a lot of rainfall even, um, you really need to consider stocking up for your livestock this year, stocking up for feed and uh, flashlights and um, healthcare products for your livestock. Things like herbal care for pneumonia or cuts and wounds or even having a triage center kind of set up um, if your birds get cut on, you know, an ice sickle or something. You know what I mean? Like have that stuff in place now before it gets really, really bad this winter. That way you are not going into 2021 thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not prepared. What if this happens and I need something in the middle of the winter time? And of course, that includes water source as well. Make sure you've got those water heaters going. Make sure you're prepared for frozen waterers. One of the best tips for people who have smaller livestock <clears throat> is you can bring your waterers inside during the night and then you're not busting up cold waters or you can just empty the waterers out at night uh, when you close everything up and then just fill them back up in the morning. So one of the next things to think about is feed. Um, it's really important, especially if you live in a rural area, to always have a good amount of feed on hand because you never know when a storm might come and, you know, you just need that extra feed. I can't tell you how many times I have been in that situation and learned the hard way. Um, but besides feed on hand... You know, if, if you pasture range and um, you're in a place where it's really snowy all winter long and you still want your animals to get that, that fresh pasture, or if you, let's just say you have chickens and they're always in a run, but you'd like for them to get pasture, but you're not really sure how to do that because you can't have pasture or you can't have them outside of your run, I would love for you to consider chicken and livestock fodder. So essentially it's, you can use wheat or barley. I like to use barley. It does create kind of a thicker, um, fodder, but you take those seeds, no matter what kind of fodder seeds you're using. And the concept is you would lay the, the seeds in a shallow dish and you would keep them wet, not soaking wet, but moist, um, for several days up to two weeks. And then they will actually start sprouting if you have them under a grow light or even just near a sunny window works too. And they'll sprout and they will create these giant mats of, of grass essentially, um, which is called fodder. And so you can give this fodder to your chickens, to your pigs, even your cows, your horses. I mean, there's, you can give them to all of your livestock, and the, the nice thing is that fodder has more nutrients in it than just general pasture um, because it's a sprouted grain that you are in control of. There's, it's more nutrient dense. It's fresh, young grass versus grass that's been you know mowed down either by livestock or yourself multiple times. So they're getting a lot of nutrients as well. I do have a blog post on this, a link in the show notes. That way you can, it's easy for you to kind of look at it and look at the steps to see how to grow it. But that might be something you consider doing this year as you decide to close out your homestead and get into the wintertime. The next thing you need to do is pantry inventory, a pantry inventory, freezer inventory, 
even an herbal inventory, if you have an apothecary, if you are a natural living homesteader in regard to herbalism, those actually should have been taken. The inventory should have really been taken back in August or September, but you can do them now and make sure you're prepped and ready to go for winter time. Uh, if you live in an area that you don't get a lot of um, snowfall or a lot of really cold climates uh, or a lot of really cold air, sorry, um, you might not need to worry about inventory as much. But inventory is really something everyone should keep track of, especially if you're homesteading and the goal is to be frugal and have a system in place to where you're not really having to go to the store a lot, especially going into you know, the unknown season of the virus and things like that. So those are things you really want to know before going into this cold season uh, and make sure you're just stocked up on everything that you need. Now, non-food related and non-livestock related, we all need to start thinking about the dreaded word called taxes. <laughs> so if you own a homesteader farm business or if you write your farming off on your taxes, Eh, these are all things you need to start thinking about right now. Um, having sheets in order and expenses in order and things like that, even in November, that way you're not scrambling in December and January to get it done. For me, as I start planning those weeks ahead of time, it really helps me kind of be more consistent, kind of know what I need to bring to the table if I've lost something, like I knew I bought that, that was an expense, but now I can't find the receipt, that gives me time to go back and, and either print off a new receipt or ask the you know company for another receipt, whatever it is. Um, so going through that now, starting now, is really important. So taxes, expenses, and then it helps you reevaluate your financials for 2021 before 2021 gets here. Um, in order to have a really solid financial plan in place, even just for your farm in general, even if you don't own a farm or homestead business, having it in place now before the new year gets here, because a lot of people like to wait until January 1st to do it, really a good budget and a good system starts on January 1st, not sometime in January, but on January 1st. We do have a planner that we came out with this year. It is very limited. I'm not sure if I'll get to put another order in. It's called the Homestead Journal Planner, and it will help you greatly with your finances, whether you own a business or whether you're just running your farm. Um, kind of break down your financials, your expenses, your income, and lets you see step-by-step step what you've brought in this year and what you've gotten sent out this year monetarily. So um, check that out. I'll try to leave a link in the show notes too. But you don't need a planner. It could be something as simple as just putting a spreadsheet together. It's so important as a homesteader to know what your financial situation is. Because in the long run, if you're spending money um, that you really don't need to be spending or that you could prioritize a little bit differently, that's essential on any farm. Because farming isn't cheap. And any way that we can save money is great. Likewise, it's good to know where you're saving money. Because if you're like me, my husband was like, oh, chickens are a waste of time and money. <laughs> because we don't get any eggs in the um, in the wintertime. Well, when we started treating eggs seasonally, like we do our vegetables, um, and freezing eggs and or having egg layers that lay all year long, um, you know, Icelandic chickens are really good for that. And that's something that I'm considering bringing on next year, which is another topic for another podcast. But 
um, when you choose different things or you change your mindset on seasonal things like that, you can change uh, your your income essentially because you're getting eggs, which is technically an income, even though it's not monetary, right? Uh, but better yet, when I kept an egg tally sheet, which is also in the Homestead Planner, or we have them in the online printables that you can print off, when I could kept track of every single egg that we brought in every single day, and I realized that if I bought these organic or non-GMO eggs at the store, I would spend hundreds more dollars buying them than I am just raising them myself. So literally, we have discovered ways that we actually are saving money um, by growing our own food. And then we found ways that we aren't. So it's good to look at that now before the new year begins rather than waiting until the new year begins. Um, another thing to think about is writing down important notes from 2020 before you really start planning 2021. So this is really something that you should be doing all year long. Again, shameless plug for the Homestead Planner because can you tell I've got experience in this? <laughs> I'm the most disorganized person in the whole world. And so I created this planner really for me, but then I knew you guys would want it too. So we, we've sold, oh my goodness, lots of them. Um, but you really, really, really need to all year long be writing down important things like breeding schedules of livestock, but not only breeding schedules, but what happened? What happened when that cow calved? Was it successful? Was it easy? Or was it long and drawn out and unsuccessful? Uh, what happened in the garden this year that you need to change for next year? What was the weather like? You know, even if you didn't take notes all this year in 2020, if you just sit down right now or in the next few days and take a notebook and just write down, just kind of brain dump everything that you know you need to remember from this year in regard to livestock and gardening and food preservation um, and just home life in general, uh, health, herbalism, things that worked, things that didn't, um, brain dumping and writing it all down now helps you really, really prepare for the following year. And when we do this consistently throughout the year, um, it, it helps us go back and look. Like, let's say in 2025, 2025 starts looking like 2020. Well, if I made those notes and wrote down all those notes in 2020, I can go in 2025 and say, oh, well, this is what worked and didn't work in 2020. And I can kind of see the weather's going to be the same. So let's kind of tailor our new year to this. You see what I mean? So successful homesteading and successful hobby farming and farming is really truly based on journaling everything and really keeping a good successful list of records and notes right down to the weather, right down to everyday average weather. And it really helps you kind of plan out uh, the new year, but it also helps you in the middle of the year uh, look back and say, oh, hey, this is what happened. So we can expect this or we can kind of project that with finances and, and everything else. Now, those are just the scratching of the surface of things that you should think about closing out your homestead this year. Um, these are things that I'm thinking about now. Uh, if you have businesses, that's definitely something you need to think about now, being on top of it and getting ready with your financials. But more than anything, just closing out your, your garden and your garden beds and your livestock. Things to think of as we go into wintertime with water and feed. Uh, and it's always good to have on hand extra things like 
uh, first aid kits, not only for yourself, but for your livestock. Um, places where you can easily get to things that you're going to need seasonally. And your home and your homestead will change with each season as you go into each season and need different things. So it's kind of like a, a work harder, you know, work smarter, not harder scenario. And closing things out really help you um, just start finding rest as you go into January. And for those few weeks that you start finding rest before you start seeds. And then you kind of have it all together and you can feel a little bit more organized. All right, guys, thank you for joining me on this week's episode of the Homesteaders of America podcast. I, I love doing podcasts and we really are trying to do more as we get ready to go into 2021. Um, things are, are buzzing. Okay. We have some new things that we want to implement for you in 2021. Um, we are already working on the 2021 annual conference that takes place in October every Virginia er, every October in Virginia. See, I need to stop right now because I'm starting to run over my words. Um, and then check out homesteadersofamerica.com where you can get all of that information and make sure you're subscribed to our newsletter because hopefully we have some announcements that we're going to make in the new year as we work on growing and expanding and bringing you more education and information consistently all year long. All right, guys, thanks for joining me. And as always, happy homesteading.